Facebook page, and then I'm going to focus on this program. Awesome. It says we are live. Perfect. Yeah. Hello, everybody. If you hear me coming in, I'm just checking to make sure that we are broadcasting live. Come on in. Come on in. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And I hope that you brought your questions for our wonderful guest today. Yes, I see it going, so I'm going to come back over here. So, so hello, everybody. Let's get started. Welcome to our next segment of N Photo Live. We are on number six, I believe, now. Uh, I'm honored to welcome our guest today, Evelyn Grace, all the way from the L.A. area. She is a seasoned veteran professional photographer. Evelyn Grace, thank you for taking the time to join us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Absolutely. Now, what can you tell our audience about yourself a little bit before we get started? Yeah. So I specialize in elopements, destination weddings, and just couple photography. I've been doing that for a few years full time. Um, I absolutely love it. I get to travel the world shooting you know, love stories. So who doesn't dream of that life? Um, so it's been super fun. I built my business completely from just my mistakes and trial and error and teaching myself over the past few years. Um, and I built it from, you know, nothing and word of mouth and shooting a friend's wedding for $200 to, you know, a six plus figure elopement and destination wedding photography business um, in about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and I love it. It's my passion and my joy to be able to like, work with couples and tell their story and be a part of their life and their adventures. So I don't know if that answers the question, but <laughs> the general. Absolutely. And it lets us know that you are definitely the person to talk to about a photography business. Um, and speaking of all that you've, you're doing now, I know that you are a co-founder of the Heart University. I wanted to kind of get started by having you just explain for our audience what that is and how they can kind of get involved with that. Yeah, so the Heart University is my business education company. Um, I, When I was starting with photography, I realized a lot of photographers, a lot of creative entrepreneurs don't have the full access to all of the tools and resources necessary to grow their business and grow it fast and sustainably and well. Uh, so I really started getting passionate about seeing those tools put in the hands of photographers. So I started it with my best friend, Lindsay Roman, and basically our mission is to just empower creative entrepreneurs and specifically photographers through our podcasts, through our online courses, through workshops and events uh, to just kick butt in their businesses and succeed and thrive. So we have all sorts of different, you know, blogs and podcasts and, you know, social media and basically anything guides, PDFs, online course workshops um, just to see photographers and entrepreneurs thriving in their businesses and actually scaling and succeeding and sustaining that growth. So general overview. Wow. Yeah. And how can um, our audience potentially get involved in this university and educational platform? Yeah. So it's the heartuniversity.com is where pretty much all that information is going to be. You can link up with the podcast there, any of our PDFs and our guides, our blog. Um, we just closed enrollment for our online photography course again, but we're considering reopening it again later this year. So that is 
is basically the all-encompassing. It's over 13 hours of content with 38 videos, basically taking mm -hmm. you through how to really establish yourself as a photographer all the way to scaling it to a really successful business with, you know, building a team and, you know, managing the back end, setting up workflows, all of that to, you know, take it to a six plus figure business that you can sustain and not be working your butt off in. So that hopefully will be opening again later this year if people are still interested in that. Excellent. Uh, so all about building a business and you mentioned social media, I'm sure that's a huge part of it. And that's where I want to go right now. Um, yeah. So social media, obviously this is a huge topic. So, so just go, what do you have to say about social media? <laughs> no, just, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> social media though, that has become such a catch all phrase, but of course there are so many platforms nowadays that make up social media. So in your experience, you know, coming from the background of destination, couples, wedding mm -hmm. photography, do you think that all platforms kind of deserve equal attention or do some kind of take priority over others? I think it depends. I think it depends on the photographer. It depends on their niche. It depends on, you know, their ideal client who they're marketing to. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of options out there. And I know that's one thing that I think a lot of photographers really struggle with and really feel overwhelmed by is the fact that there are so many options. There's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, like Google SEO, and mm. don't even get me started on, you know, I don't know if you guys have this in Europe, but like The Knot and Wedding Wire, um, you know, those different platforms to market yourself as a photographer. It's just, there's so many options that I think it can be really overwhelming. Mm. So what I try to tell, you know, my students is you don't have to do it all at once. It's okay if you focus on one at a time, just pay attention to where your ideal client is going to be spending the most time. So for, you know, maybe a bit more classic, traditional, uh, larger scale luxury wedding, mm -hmm. that might be Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, for my niche and my market, more like adventurous destination, you know, elopements and, and things like that, they tend to be a bit more on Instagram. So that's where I focused my priority when I was really building my business. Um, Pinterest is, I would say, across the board, the most powerful tool that wedding photographers can use, but it's also a bit confusing and technical. Um, but I would say if I had to like narrow it down to like, if you're getting started in photography and you're confused on where to start, I would say Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest, just focus mm -hmm. your priorities on one or two of those and then begin to expand as you begin to master one of those platforms. You don't have to do all 50 that are out there um, at once. Just start with like one and figure out where your ideal client is going to be spending the most time. Okay. What is it about Pinterest? Because you mentioned that pretty strongly there. And that's one of these that kind of seems to always be on the side behind Instagram and Facebook, but you talk about it like it's such a powerful tool for professional yeah. photographers. So what is it about Pinterest? Why is it such a valuable social media re resource? Yeah, well, I think it's important to realize, you know, anyone who's on this live or even you, Eugene, if you think about when you have this idea for um, a party, a gift, uh, a, you know, if you're planning a wedding, one of the first things most girls are going to do, and I feel like a lot of maybe guys as well from like conversations with guy friends, but specifically girls <laughs> are going to go to Pinterest and be searching, you know, uh, XYZ wedding or, you know, this venue wedding or boho wedding or classic wedding or, you know, these color themes or whatever. They're going to be looking for that inspiration 
on Pinterest. That's it's a mm. search engine. So that's the thing mm. to kind of keep in mind with Pinterest is I think technically it's considered social media, but it's really a search engine that mm. you're brides are going to be spending so much time on when they're planning their wedding. Okay. And if your work is able to pop up on Pinterest when they're searching for it, you know, at a specific venue or, you know, a specific vibe of the wedding, um, a, you know, a color palette, things like that, you're basically able to use SEO to rank on Pinterest searches. So your bride or groom is able to search for you, you know, mm blush cream wedding colors, your wedding photos are going to pop up there and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, not only are these the colors I was searching for, but this is the vibe of like the day that I wanted. Who is this photographer? They click over, they see the blog post, they find your work, they inquire, they book. Um, so it's a really powerful search engine that a lot of people and a lot of photographers should really be utilizing just because Pinterest is one of the number one places your bride is going to be searching for inspiration and ideas. And that she's not necessarily looking for a photographer mm -hmm. on Pinterest, but she's looking for everything else, her cake, her floral, her colors, you know, her venue, all of that. And if you're able to pop up there, you're going to get so many bookings through Pinterest. I'm glad we mentioned this and I'm glad you brought this up. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the most in touch person in the world, but you know, I just remember that Pinterest was there and then it almost seemed to be taken over by all the other, again, if Pinterest is really social media, but it was taken over by Facebook and Instagram to the point where almost everybody thought Pinterest was dead, but clearly it is not, especially for professional photographers. So I'm so glad that we're talking about it. again, Facebook, Instagram, get all the limelight. So it's good to hear a little bit about Pinterest. Uh, I see a question before we move on, uh, Evelyn, I want to get into Instagram, the big one, but I see a question from uh, Dominic in the Dominic in the audience. Hello, Dominic. Uh, and he wants to know uh, if you use paid ads or just rely on organic traffic. Yeah. So for my photography business, I rely on organic traffic between Google SEO ranking, Pinterest and Instagram. Those are my main three that I've hmm. marketed to. It's all organic. For the Hart University, um, we have used paid Facebook ads for, you know, the course and, and marketing there. So I've used both on, you know, two of my companies and mm. for photographers, there's nothing wrong with paid ads. I think there's a, a stigma that, you know, paid ads are a negative thing that it needs to all be organic. Um, mm. Or, you know, it needs to all be paid ads and none of it organic. I think there's a happy medium between the two, but mm. uh, as long as your paid ads are very specifically targeting your ideal client and not just throwing money out to, you know, push a post up or something, as long as you're right. actually being strategic with it. I think paid ads are a great idea, but I've only ever used organic traffic for photography. Okay. And before we get to Instagram, I thought of, I want to get to a different question I had and you touched on it right then. And that is in general, social media, should it be a specific targeted approach that photographers are taking, or is it seen as some kind of catch all in mass advertisement platform? Do you want to clarify that a little bit? Do you mean like should photographers be marketing to a specific person on Instagram or social or media? specific specific? Yeah. Well, specifically on social media. Sorry. We haven't really jumped into Instagram yet. Just kind of yeah. in general still. So to properly use social media, should professional photographers be very specific with their ads or is it something that they can feel like if they just kind of uh, release it to the masses that that's effective marketing? No, the more specific your marketing can be on social media, the better you don't. The, the way I like to describe it is 
if you're standing, you know, on top of a, a mountain or a hill or something and you're just screaming and saying like, book me, hey, I'm a photographer, hey, come check me out. Most people are just gonna be like, okay, cool, you know, awesome, good for you, you're a photographer. But if you're speaking and able to go directly up to that couple who is needing a wedding photographer or, you know, that family who's needing a family photographer or whatever, you know, the girl who's pregnant and gonna need a newborn photographer, if you're able to go directly to that person and say, hey, by the way, I uh, work and, and shoot weddings or do photography, if you ever need my information, just gonna slide that on in there, that's the person who's actually going to turn around and come back to book with you. So you don't wanna just be screaming to anyone and everyone, you're wasting your energy, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. You wanna be able to find those people who are needing that product or service that you're offering and speak directly to them and just show up in front of them because they're the ones who are gonna actually turn around and make a sale. Okay. Uh, I see a great question from Amanda in the audience to follow up on this topic. Hello, Amanda, where, where are you joining us from? Let us know in the comments. And she wants to know, so how do you target your marketing? I assume she means on social media. How do you target your marketing? Yeah, so it's a, a tricky question because it depends on your platform. So the answer is going to be different for Instagram, for Facebook, for Pinterest, for Google. It They all have algorithms that you're working with. Um, so for Instagram, the most strategic thing you can do is your branding and then your hashtags. Um, so your branding is going to show exactly who you are and exactly who you serve. So you don't just want to be um, Amanda photographer. You want to be Amanda X photographer based in X. Um, because that's going to show people, you know, for for example, I'm Evelyn Grace, destination wedding photographer based in, oh, hi, California, um, <laughs> based in California, which is where I'm based, mm -hmm. but traveling the world. Um, and so that specifically tells people who I am and who I serve. So I'm not going to be serving or shooting, you know, newborns because that's not mm -hmm. my niche. That's not my specialty. So branding is really important. Um in general of showing who you are and who you serve and what you bring to the table. And then hashtags, geotags are really powerful tools to speak directly to people on Instagram. And that's a whole nother conversation, but not using hashtags like hashtag photographer that has, you know, a billion hits. No one's going to be able to see a photo that you post under that hashtag. But Amanda, if you were to post something like hashtag, um, let's say you're in Burbank, hashtag Burbank wedding photographer, that's going to pop up much more likely than just a hashtag photographer. So you're strategically targeting a specific location. And then Facebook, not even gonna like dive into everything super in depth, but- yeah, I mean, I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's just everything has a different algorithm that you're working with and strategically utilizing the algorithm tools given you to get your work in front of a specific person. Yeah. And for more detailed information from Evelyn, you can always sign up for her course on our university. <laughs> and, and Amanda, Amanda and any other um, photographers who comment, uh, please also let us know what type of photography you specialize in too. That, um, that would be nice to know as well. Um, yeah. And is it fair? I mean, let's be honest. Facebook is a business too. So is it fair to say that generally speaking, when you're using the paid advertising, you're getting the access to the more specific and the more targeted, well, and I'm sure with other social media platforms as well, to the more targeted and the more specific forms of advertisement. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah. 
Yeah. If okay. you if you run the ads correctly and your campaigns are set up, like your ad campaigns are set up with strategic targeting and retargeting mm -hmm. in mind, yes. Um, so with Facebook, the cool thing is, this is a whole other conversation too. You can mm -hmm. set up um, a Facebook pixel within your website to pay attention to who's coming to your website, you know, who may have found you through Instagram or Pinterest or something and has come mm -hmm. to your website. Your Facebook pixel picks up that type of information and then sends an ad out to them that's, you know, a video of your face or a photo mm -hmm. of your work or something and says, hey, I noticed you were on my website and you are interested in, you know, a photographer. Here's, you know, some more information or here's why I'm a photographer for you. So Facebook ads and things like that can be very strategically retargeting people who have already shown interest in your work. Um, Facebook ads, as long as you run the campaigns right, it's not just promoting a you know a random post of yours. It's strategically targeting people who are already interested in that type of service, which is already what you would consider a warm lead. Um, who's already warmed up to the idea of working with you. So yes, I would say with paid ads and, and promotions and things, if you run it correctly, you are very strategically targeting very warm leads who are already interested in your product or service. Okay. Uh, thank you, Amanda. Uh, great to know that you do portraits and weddings. And hello, Jennifer. Hi again from California. It's a very popular area I see for our viewership. Fine art and underwater portrait photography here. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. That's very fun. That's, that, that, that sounds very fun. Um, You're too cool. Yeah. So I know we all like to save money and find ways to save pennies photographers out there, but don't shy away from a paid campaign. You, you still have to do it right, but um, free might not always be the best best way to go. Yeah. I want to jump into Instagram now um, because, again, this is a platform that's exploded over the past decade in popularity, especially useful for professional photographers. Uh, forgive me, it's kind of an open question, but how can photographers maximize uh, their you know, their, um, presence. There it is <laughs> on Instagram. It's such a loaded question, but I love yeah, it. <laughs> Hopefully we can break it down. I'm hoping we can okay. use it to break it down. Yeah. I'll try to give like a relatively short answer. You have 30 seconds. Go. They're <laughs> welcome because I want to question. Um, yeah. So Instagram is a really powerful platform because of the visual nature of it. So on Facebook, there's, you know, a lot of power within, you know, targeted campaigns and, you know, the virality of a lot of people tend to share a lot on Facebook. There's some real power there. But Instagram, the really cool thing about it is that people are on there for visual stuff. They're, you know, Facebook is links and our articles and, you know, personal photos. Instagram tends to be very like visual photos and videos, which is a really great way to capture your audience. So the cool thing about Instagram is it's already set up for photos and, and visual sharing. So if you are strategic with your marketing and your branding, I've found Instagram can be one of the most powerful booking tools for a photographer. I mean, I built my business basically marketing on Instagram and Instagram alone. Um, that's how I really grew and went full time and all of that. So I'm a firm believer in Instagram. I really think it's powerful. The capabilities of the geotags and the hashtags, not to mention 
you're hitting two different types of audience on Instagram. You're hitting the people who are just there to look at pretty pictures and move on. You're there and hitting the people who are looking for a story and something to draw them in through like the caption sections or your Instagram stories. Um, so you're able to have a broad but niche audience on Instagram if you're marketing correctly. So you can show the behind the scenes of being a photographer on your Instagram stories that doesn't have to be as perfect and curated as you know your Instagram feed where you want your professional photos, you're able to build that connection with people where they feel like they know you as the photographer, they feel like they can relate to you, that they want you to be at their wedding or you know shooting their newborn photos because they have a relationship with you through you know Instagram stories and, and the captions and the stories that you tell through your writing and things like that. If there's so many layers to Instagram that I could get into, but it's such a powerful tool for photographers to not only showcase their work, but also build the connection and the relationships needed to build that trust for people to want to buy from you and make that sale. Apologies in advance, but I have another kind of very generalized question coming your way. <laughs> in Instagram, do you see that it's something that is a little more popular with kind of the younger generations as opposed to Facebook? Do you see like an even split? I mean, I remember the time before social media and it kind of, you know, went Facebook. It was kind of the only thing. What was MySpace? And then Facebook. <laughs> and then and then Facebook's like the only thing. And then Instagram came along. And but now Instagram seems to have really caught up. And yeah. from my perspective, again, specifically kind of with this young younger generation, kind of millennials, Gen Z, and therefore, do you find this to be true? Or is it, do you think it's still kind of an even split with the younger generations? I think it's a, it's a difficult question because I, I think it's a lot of people are on both platforms, both Facebook and Instagram. I do think Facebook 100% has more of an older generation than Instagram does. So mm -hmm. more of, you know, the 50 to to 80, 50 to 70, whatever age range is, tends to be more on Facebook and Instagram. But I feel from my experience with Facebook, Instagram and marketing on Instagram and all of that, working with you know marketers for Instagram, I feel that Instagram is not just limited to you know 20s and under. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a very heavy market for you know teens and younger all the way up through, you know, 30s, 40s, um, even quite a few 50s. So it's not a limited market on Instagram, but if you're, if you're thinking, you know, is the older generation as equally on Instagram as they are on Facebook, 50s and up, no, Facebook is still, you know, much more the grandparents and, and parents who want to keep up with their kids and grandkids. Um, but Instagram does have a powerful platform of both. So I think for photographers, I think Instagram is just as powerful as Facebook and Facebook is just as powerful as Instagram. They're just two different platforms that are used mm -hmm. in two different ways. Yeah. And to know which one you think you should target the most goes back to your ideal clients that you're trying to target. Like you mentioned at the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything that we are missing or some platform that you think is kind of really up and coming? You know, again, we talked about Pinterest, we talked about Facebook, we talked about Instagram. Do yeah. you see, see something else on the horizon or maybe it's already here that photographers should really start to pay attention to and put some energy into? Yes. So I'm about to talk to uh, a topic that I know a lot of photographers are probably really annoyed by, um, which is the short form video. So TikTok. <laughs> I know it's annoying. I know it's like, oh my gosh, one more thing for me to focus on as a photographer. But 
the opportunity right now for growth, for eyes on your work, eyes on your brand are just astronomical. It's so powerful right now with the virality that's happening with TikTok and now Instagram Reels. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to do anything, you know, super special, but the next time you're doing a shoot or a wedding, you know, have a friend film some short behind the scenes clips of your work, you, you know, shooting and working and then show the final result of those images, simple things like that, or, you know, speak to your client. If you're a wedding photographer, what, you know, what you need to know about first looks or what you need to know about, you know, a wedding planner or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just serving valuable education and valuable content to your ideal client on those platforms. I personally am a fan of Instagram reels versus TikTok because I think the uh, conversion rate of actual views to clients to sales is much more powerful on Instagram than it is on TikTok. But I just think the power is there and photographers need to be keeping up with that and paying attention to that. Again, you don't have to do everything all at once. So if that's a back burner item for you, that's okay. But the power is there right now. So if you're wanting to build an audience, if you're wanting to really reach those clients, don't neglect the new up and coming thing, even though it's frustrating because it's like one more thing to do. Right. It really is powerful right now. So pay attention, keep your eyes on that type of short form video because it can really accelerate your visibility and your sales. And if you can throw in a few dance moves too, that will help <laughs> for TikTok. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's, it is a thing. It's crazy a thing. Hopefully it doesn't get banned in the US, but that's we're not going to go there. Anyway, um, I see another question from Dominic. I want to hit up with this before we move on. Uh, what does he say? He says, what's the monthly budget that you suggest for a pro or semi-pro photographer on ads? Mm -hmm. uh, and to follow up, do you think it's worth to use a video format? Yeah, that's yeah. So video, yes. The power behind video is insane. Again, it kind of circles back to, you know, like the short form video that I'm saying. It's just really powerful to be able to show your face, to talk, because it, it makes people feel like they know you in a way that just a still photo doesn't. So for you to be able to, you know, film, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be your phone, but for you to sit there and film and be like, Hey, my name is Dominic. I am a, you know, such and such wedding photographer. And here's my passion. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's, you know, what I do. That's going to connect to people a lot more than just your work. doesn't matter how beautiful your work is. It's still going to build that, rapport and that connection with your ideal client. So video is powerful. It's not the only thing you have to do with ads, but I know for a lot of people, Facebook marketing experts, Instagram marketing experts, they really encourage video because of that connection opportunity. So don't neglect that. That's really powerful. Um, for your budget, it totally depends. It depends on your goals. It depends on your clients. It depends on, you know, where your business is at. It depends on what kind of ads you're running. Are you running, you know, cold lead ads where you're trying to target people who have never heard of you, um, you know, may or may not need your service, or are you trying to run warm ads where you're retargeting people who are already familiar with you or who are clearly, you know, 
engaged and getting ready to get married or something. It depends on your marketing campaign and your vision behind it, but you can start small. That's my biggest encouragement is start with something like a dollar a day and then begin to slowly grow a little bit more Add you know, $2 a day, $5 a day. Um, but I would say start small. Also, if you're wanting to start with ads, there are ad experts out there who can set up a campaign for you relatively inexpensively that's going to convert more than if you're trying to figure it out on your own. Um, so paying attention to, you know, websites like OfferUp or uh, Fiverr or not OfferUp, uh, gosh, what it's called, People Per Hour, Fiverr and Upwork um, are the three. So places like that, there are Facebook marketing ads experts and, you know, people who can do it for maybe $100 set up a campaign for you or $200 set up a campaign and just test it out, see how that runs, give it you know, a dollar, $2 a day for those ads. It just depends on your budget, on your goal and what kind of campaign you're running. Video is a great way, as you mentioned, to communicate with clients. And uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. And now, uh, Evelyn, I did my research on you. <laughs> and I know that client communication is a big topic that you touch on. And I want to get into that because it is such an important thing in this business. Yeah. Um, so kind of let's have a little bit of fun, maybe. What yeah. is the wrong What is the wrong way for photographers to uh, address and communicate with their clients? Yes. So the wrong way, in my opinion, and you know, I know photographers who have run this type of client communication and are still successful. So this is just my personal opinion. I hope I don't offend anyone, but the wrong way, in my opinion, is greetings. My name is Evelyn. I am a, a wedding photographer and I would be delighted to offer you a service. Like what person talks like that to a client? No one, like unless, unless you have just been raised very, classic and, and formal, which is wonderful if you have, most people talk, you know, with slang and, you know, communicating in a conversational tone. You want to carry that into your client communication, into your marketing, into your emails with clients who have already booked. You want to be that person where they are able to connect with you because the reality is the more you're able to connect with your clients, the better you're able to tell their story and take their photos and capture their emotions and their moments. If they feel stiff and awkward with you because you're being stiff and professional with them, that's going to relate to their photos. They're going to be stiff and you know professional photos. Whereas if you're able to build that rapport and that connection and that relatability with them, they're going to be so much more likely to open up and let you into those moments, you know, crying, walking down the aisle because they don't feel awkward that this random person's camera is on them. You know, that type of, of connection and opening that door is really, really powerful. So in my first email to a client who inquires with me, my subject, this is just to give you an example of like how I communicate with my clients that I think is, you know, very on brand for me. So everyone's going to be different but very personal to who I am as a person as well. My first email is the caption line, OMG, 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 uh, overly excited email coming your way in three, two, one. Um, and then the email opens up and I, you know how like when people like just like do this on their keyboard, they're just like, blah, 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 like it's a bunch of gibberish. I literally start off my email. Word vomit. <laughs> I start off my emails with like, blah, 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 and I say, you know, 
if let's say the bride inquiring was Sarah, um, I would say, oh my gosh, Sarah, I am so freaking stoked to chat with you. I can't wait to talk. Here's a little bit of information about me that you might want to know. But seriously, when I read your email, I jumped up and ran a circle around my room because I'm so freaking excited to talk to you. So I specialize in, you know, very adventurous outdoor, you know, wild and carefree elopements and weddings. I come alive in that environment and I know my clients do as well, which is where the magic happens. So, you know, here's who I am, here's who I serve and here's who I don't. Now, if this sounds like a real, and it's basically very conversational. If this sounds like a good fit, I would love to freaking chat with you. Your, you know, information that you gave me, I give them a response. It's very personal. And then I say, here's my, you know, very in-depth pricing guide. That's also very personal. I'm so freaking stoked to chat with you. I can't wait to talk more. Something like that. I'm saying freaking stoked. I'm saying like, blah, 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 in like the writing. It builds that instant connection where Sarah is able to go, oh my gosh, it's a real human being on the other side of the screen who actually cares about me and my story, is just as excited for this wedding as I am. I feel like I'm chatting with a best friend who just found out I got engaged and is freaking the heck out. And that type of connection, obviously it needs to relate to your personality. You wanna be true to yourself because that's going to relate to your client in a way that trying to be someone else isn't. But I think the number one mistake I see most photographers making is having this idea that they have to be professional and that professional equals stiff, that they have to be almost robotic in their responses. Dear Sarah, thank you so much for your inquiry. I'm delighted to chat with you or discuss with you uh, my services at Evelyn Grace Photos. Like no, no bride is going to instantly feel connection. And the likelihood most brides and grooms typically couples people are typically inquiring with anywhere from two to seven wedding photographers at a time so your email their inquiry email is getting sent out to let's say five wedding photographers if your email and they're going to book the one that they connect with first and the most a lot of people think it's you know budget Half the time, it's just connection. If it's relatively within the realm of their budget, they're going to book with the one that they connect with. So you want your first email and your email communication throughout the entire thing to be building that connection and actually building a relationship with your clients. So getting rid of your idea of what professional looks like. Professional to me looks like offering, like showing up and delivering what you've promised, over delivering what you're promised, being on time, responding to emails within, you know, a reasonable amount of time and delivering quality work. To me, that's professional. It doesn't mean I have to use big words. It doesn't mean I have to be stiff. Um, it's showing that you actually care, building a relationship and infusing your passion into their situation. That's just as professional as the rest. So I think that's the number one thing I think a lot of photographers need to be paying attention to with their client communication is getting rid of the robotic stuff and actually infusing themselves into their work and into their brand. Sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, I, I'm just thinking of how many emails I need to try and get back. <laughs> great advice. This is great advice. And you know, I just, I think you, you touched on it and I think you answered it, but I really just want to bring it to the forefront. And that is how you talked about um, being yourself, but you also talked about, uh, approaching the client properly. Like, so my question is again, to really bring it to the forefront and, and make mm -hmm. it very clear, how do photographers know how to communicate to a specific potential client? Is it just being themselves and trusting it or is there more that can be done? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question. It's not dependent on your client, it's dependent on you. So your tone and your responses shouldn't change client to client per se. It should be established branding because it's your personality and the way you would communicate. So, and, and that in turn relates to and correlates to your ideal client. Um, for example, you know, I tell my students this all the time because, you know, they'll, they'll say something like, Evie, we're not as crazy and, you know, as psychotic as you are because I'm just like insane. And the energy, like I've always just had this type of energy where I'm like, ah, love it. Um, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm more introverted. I'm more quiet. That's fantastic. You can still be yourself and relatable while being more introverted or reserved or quiet. And the brides that are going to want to book a more calming and quiet wedding photographer are not going to be the couples that are wanting to book me. I would probably stress those brides out on their wedding day. So that's just the the reality is, you know, my clientele naturally is going to be drawn to my brand and my personality that, you know, Sarah down the road as another wedding photographer who's more introverted and quiet is going to relate more towards Sarah because they're the type of bride who might get a little bit more high strung or stressed on her wedding day and she just wants a calm soothing presence whereas I'm going to be the girl who like gets on the dance floor and gets hyped with you and like is like jamming to like you know Beyonce in the in the getting ready room like that's the energy that I'm going to bring to your wedding day obviously if something goes wrong I'm very like calm and all of that but I don't really necessarily like market that type of calm the way that I do that type of hype. So being true to yourself is naturally going to attract and repel the ideal clients that you want to be working with anyways. Um, those clients that, you know, you're going to show up and serve the best and that are going to fall in love with you and your product and service. So finding the way that you would naturally talk to a best friend or somebody who's sitting across the table from you, that's the way you should be talking to your brides and grooms or your clients, because that's going to connect the two of you. And that's where the magic happens as a photographer is when you actually are able to connect with your clients. So I don't know if that answered your question, Eugene, but. I think that was great. Uh, I think that was great. And uh, like you said, it's kind of a, an organic filter, so to speak. I know a lot of photographers are anxious about getting like a, a client that they just can't relate to. But like you say, if you do that and just be yourself, you're going to naturally be attracting the ones that you want to the extent that if people are out there listening and they might have a similar personality to you and they're worried like, oh, but if I'm like that, then people are going to say, you're not professional enough to be my photographer. Well, those are the people you don't want to work with anyway. Yeah, so there's your, there's your, your cue right there. Attracting and repelling is one of the most powerful things you can harness as a business owner, especially as a photographer. I don't want to work with thousands of the clients out there because I'm not going to serve them best. And therefore mm. I'm not going to make them happy. They're not going to make me happy. That's mm. not an ideal situation. So there are thousands of you know clients out there that I'm not wanting to market to. I'm wanting to market specifically to my ideal client. And so that's what I focus on. I think that's a difficult thing as photographers to kind of realize is like, Oh, I actually do want to push away clients. Cause that feels counterintuitive of like, you want to push away people who want to pay for your service? Yes, because that's not the ideal situation for either of us. So attracting and repelling is goldmine as a photographer. Don't be afraid to repel clients because you're going to attract the right ones. 
Absolutely. One door closes, another one opens, right? Don't burn the candle at both ends. It's, you know, I, I agree with Ryan Burhop in the comments. Truth, Evelyn. Truth. Hello, okay. Ryan, by the way. How are you doing, Ryan? He's from California, too. I, I'm very familiar with Ryan. He's from California, nice. too. The represent today, California. I like it. Californians unite. <laughs> every, every time I say, I say California, I think of the, uh, the uh, Phantom Planet song. Those California, yes. <laughs> I love it. it I, I mean, I'm from that generation, um, so I love it. Um, full disclosure though, I was aware of that song before the OC, so that's not where I know it from, yeah. <laughs> so, you're, you're, or whichever you're, one you're an OG, yeah, it was, <laughs> even though I'm from the Midwest, go figure. I know I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, can we can we bring this topic uh, for a second? And uh, I just love everything that you've said so far. Uh, but how do you think that this concept of client communication can um, be attributed also kind of to the business side? And like, how can proper client communication uh, benefit photographers in perhaps you know higher sales or more sales or a sale in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so very strongly client communication. And, you know, I think I might term it a little bit more if if it, they haven't already booked. So if we're taking it back a couple of steps to mm -hmm. maybe somebody who's interested, I would term client communication a bit more branding, um, mm -hmm. which is much more, you know, how you would speak on, let's say, your website or your social media or, you know, running those ads. It's very, very similar to your goal within the client communication process once they've booked. So building that connection and building that trust with those clients, because I think we've all heard the term people buy from who or what they like, know and trust. Mm. So being able to show your personality, being able to connect with people before, during or after them ever needing your product or service is going to build that like know and trust factor. If you were to just walk up to, you know, an ATM on the street, would you know, like, or trust that ATM? No, it feels electronic and robotic and it's just offering you exactly what you need. You put in your card and you get that cash out and you walk away. That's the type of uh, marketing and branding that I think a lot of small business owners and photographers feel like they have to do because that's professional, right? to, you know, somebody comes up and they need something and you give them that and they walk away. That's how it works. In my opinion, that's not how it should work. You want to be that person where they like, know, and trust you before they ever even necessarily need your product or service. That person where, you know, let's say my name is Sally and I am just in love with your personality and, you know, the way you work, Eugene, and your, your photography. I just, I love it. I think it's awesome. Fantastic. Now my sister or my best friend gets engaged. Who is the first person who's going to come to my mind that I want to re recommend to my sister? Eugene, because he is always top of mind for me. His work is amazing and his personality is awesome. And I feel like I know him, even though I've never met him in person, I've connected with him on a level where I know, like, and trust him. So that type of rapport and connection is what you're trying to build, not only with you know, potential clients, but also people who you might not even consider potential clients who are either going to recommend or refer you or down the road, you know, say I'm Sally and I'm 15, 
five years down the road or seven years down the road when I'm early 20s, I'm wanting to get married. I've gotten engaged. Eugene's still going to be top of mind for me that, you know, I've connected with him and I've, I've related to him. So paying attention to that personal branding where you are your business and you are connecting with people. You're not just an ATM where they come and they get what they need and they walk away. You want to actually be a relatable human being who they can get to know. And then that leads to word of mouth sales. That leads to direct sales. That leads to, you know, a community of people who like, know, and trust you. It's just so important to build that type of connection. Um, Sales go through the roof when people actually know, like, and trust you. It's just a fact of life. So focusing on putting yourself into your branding is really important to, you know, pushing those sales up. And don't be afraid to screw professionalism. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to change gears because I, I borrowed that from you, Evelyn. Um, and that gets into kind of the topic of candid photography because your pictures mm -hmm. are just amazing. They're so emotive and they are so, you know, wonderfully taken and you can tell that they're candid. And I happened to see a post that you wrote and you, that was one of your tips is kind of to screw professionalism. Yeah. So we talked about it here from the client communication perspective, but what does that mean to you in the sense of, you know, in the field, taking the pictures for your clients to get yes. those candid and emotive photos. Yes. Okay. So this is, this is, I'm getting really excited about this. <laughs> there is so much that goes into, you know, getting that type of candid response and imagery from your clients. And a lot of it actually starts before you get into the field. So that client communication process, you're trying to set those expectations for your clients. So in, you know, that first email response, I tell my clients, you know, here's a, a prompt that I might give you that sounds ridiculous. I'll be like, hey, I might ask you to like roll around in the sand or something. It shows them immediately an expectation of what it's like to work with me in the field. I'm very active. You know, I say, photo shoots with me are very similar to a workout. So, you know, prepare, bring a change of clothes because you might get wet, sweaty, or, you know, um, dirty or something because that's the type of photos that I shoot. So I've set that expectation from the beginning. Um, I think that's really important to realize is if you're wanting that type of candid imagery and that connection in those photos, building that relationship and that trust with your clients before you ever even meet them in person or before you ever pull out your camera to actually shoot and just setting those expectations of what they can expect working with you. And then once you get into the field, so 90% of the work, in my opinion, happens before you ever even get into the field to shoot your clients. It's all beforehand. It's all client communication. It's all ahead of time. So paying attention to that, not neglecting that time. And once you're in the field, Focus on building and continuing that connection instead of just snapping those that shutter and you know taking those photos. So before I ever even pull out my camera, I typically meet with my clients for drinks or appetizers or something before our shoot, just so we can shake off any nerves they might be feeling and really just get to know them, help them relax. And then getting into the field, I ask them to walk around first while I get my camera settings right and just helps them again, shake off any nerves that they're feeling, you know, while we're first getting started. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do to get those reactions is to think like a, a director of a film who's just facilitating the scene. You're just giving them the props and the, you know, the situation for them to act, for them to really show their personality and show their relationships and tell their story. So, you know, giving them prompts like, you know, if they're cuddled up, if this is for couples, if, if they're cuddled up and, you know, 
sitting in the sand or on the grass or whatever and you know he's wrapping her up from behind and like holding her you might you know tell him okay so john i want you to think of three things in the past couple of months that you have just thought wow i am so in love with Sarah, and then whisper those in her ear. That's just you giving them an opportunity to build that type of connection. And a number of times, you know, one of my favorites is, I want you to think of one time in the past year that you were most proud of the other person and then take turns whispering it. I have gotten so many tears, so many like crying because I've just encouraged them to actually have a moment that is them and is, you know, them connecting with each other. I'm just the awkward, you know, fly on the wall who's taking the photos of that moment. Um, I'm not telling her, okay, Sarah, I want you to cry. Can you like look a little more sad, like fake tear? No, no, no. let's put a real tear on your cheek. Like I'm not doing that. I'm encouraging them to actually connect with each other and, you know, have that be a part of their story. So encouraging, directing and, and facilitating their relationship and just making space for their relationship. And, um, throwing fuel onto their fire is what I call it. So if you have a client who's, you know, much more active and excited and, you know, happy, throw fuel onto that fire. If they're more quiet and reserved and just calm and chill, throw fuel onto that fire. Don't try to force your clients to be what they're not. Um, and that's going to really help their personality show through in the photos. What made you decide to take such an approach like this, like a candid approach, a very role-playing kind of style, as opposed to maybe a more traditional um, posed and maybe in-studio kind of style of photography? Yeah, I think a lot of it is my personality. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very much like, yeah, let's go, let's hike, <laughs> let's jump, let's dance. Like, you know, I, I was dancing on social media before TikTok made it cool, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like always been my personality is to be okay. very connection oriented. But I think when I was first getting started in photography, like five, six years ago, um, I started out the more, you know, traditional route. One of my mentors mm. was more, you know, classic traditional weddings and, um, you know, family sessions and all that stuff. And I loved learning from her. It was an incredible experience. She's still one of my really good friends, but I was realizing I loved photography, but something was missing and something I just, I wasn't passionate about this type of photography and I didn't know what was missing. And so I just began to experiment and, you know, try new things with friends. I would be like, Hey, you know, dating friends, would you model for me? Let me try something. And I was just experimenting with what was making my soul come alive, which I know was making my client's souls come alive. Like if, mm -hmm. if I'm on fire, they're on fire and vice versa. Um, so I, I think I just started experimenting and trying to go outside of the norm that I was seeing in the traditional box because I wasn't, something wasn't clicking for me with those norms. So I think it was just a lot of mixture of my personality and then me seeking something different because I knew for me something was missing in what I was seeing around me in the photography industry. And the results speak for themselves. I mean, your pictures are fantastic and they do stand out. They're different and they're very powerful. Immediately, once you see one of your images, you're like, oh, and you feel the emotions that are being portrayed in the images. I highly recommend any of you uh, listening to go check out Evelyn Grace's photos and her work on her website or on her Instagram. I believe we've linked um, in our description uh, her, her websites and things. So so definitely go check it out. Um, 
yeah so that, that was your that was your style you started in canada but you moved on to this more kind of lively style because it fits your personality so don't be afraid to change to fit your personality anybody listening out there even if it's not something kind of traditional or or in the box so so far uh, <laughs> i want to go and talk kind of about smart business uh we were talking uh we advertised this live as kind of success as a creative entrepreneur. And the other thing I noticed that you highlighted is running a smart business. Yes. Um, what is a smart business, a smart professional photography business uh, look like for you, Evelyn? And, and like, how does it function? Yeah, I think you have to realize there's a lot that goes into that term. Um, you know, smart business, successful business, um, successful photographer, successful creative entrepreneur. There's, there's a lot of, uh, interpretation within that phrase. So every person, every photographer, every business owner is going to feel something different in that. Um, for some people, you know, a smart business or a successful business is only shooting, you know, five to 10 clients a year because you have another full-time job. It's just a creative hobby. For others, you're wanting to get to six, seven figures. And so you're trying to learn how to scale. Um, it just depends on the person. But I think the most important thing to realize is for smart business, for a successful business, in order to sustain that type of you know smart or successful business, I think you have to pay attention to growth and scalability that's actually sustainable. So if you're trying to market to, you know, hundreds of clients, that's fantastic. But do you have the capability to actually serve hundreds of clients? Or, you know, are you going to build an associate team? Are you going to, you know, simplify and, ex you know, expedite your workflow on the back end so that you're not spending half as much time on editing or um, client communication and emails and things like that, you know, how are you going to sustain that kind of growth? Just paying attention, I think, to the long game is the most important thing that I think a lot of creative entrepreneurs forget to do because we get so caught up in our art and in, in the moment mm -hmm. that we forget to pay attention to the fact that we also have to think, you know, six months, one year, two years down the road. Um, I know a lot of photographers who, when they were first starting out and really trying to book a lot, started booking, you know, three weddings a week. And that's typically like a triple header weekend. And they slowly started realizing they weren't delivering their best work to their clients and they were getting really burnt out and they were exhausted. So thinking smarter and thinking when you're booking those three weddings, you know, yeah, you may have an open date on your calendar, but is that really an open day? Is that a rest day? Is that a, you know, an editing day? Is that a client gallery delivery day? Um, so thinking long-term and thinking strategically, you know, not just emotionally thinking, where do I want to be in one year, three years, five years, 10 years, what are my goals? And then backtracking from those goals. What do I need to do to get to that? If my goal is six figures, how many weddings, couples, you know, clients, whatever do I need to be shooting to reach six figures? How long do I think that'll take? Cool, six months, cool, a year, three years, whatever. Um, begin to backtrack from whatever those goals are and make sure you're thinking about you know scalability, sustainability, and their long-term vision and not just, oh, I'm gonna book three, four you know, shoots this week or you know, five shoots this week where you're so burnt out and unable to deliver your galleries on time where your clients are feeling let down, that you've over-promised, under-delivered. You know, think of sustainability mm -hmm. when you're actually thinking of your business and of growth and don't forget to think long-term and then backtrack. 
That's good advice. Thinking long-term and success in a practical way, I think is important too. Uh, sometimes people might say, okay, I'm going to be a photographer. Of course, I'm going to be successful. But like you say, they don't take the time to really plan out what that's going to look like and how to get there. So I think that's very, very good advice uh, that you gave. And um, I like it when you, again, when you talk about kind of this idea of not taking uh, too much, but not biting off more than you can chew. Um, I don't have much experience in like as a professional photographer, but when I came to Poland, the one thing that I did uh, when I first got here was a private English teacher. And I can relate to photographers in that way that that's what I did. I, I was like, okay, I'm a private teacher. Let me book every minute I can yeah. <laughs> and make some money yeah. to the point where I get to like my fifth lesson of the day. And I hate to say it, hopefully they're not, but I would literally be like dozing off. I'd be like, yeah. here, uh, look, I could do this. And then, <laughs> no, because yeah. it's too much. After three or four weeks, it's too much. So that's in you know, what I did is I was like, okay, I stopped taking some. I raised my prices, which of course yeah. would cause some people to say thank you, but no thank you. Yep. understandable so don't bite off too more don't bite off more than you than you can chew uh we spent a lot of time in the client communication part talking a little bit about like kind of the brand and the style i'm going to bring it back a little bit to that idea by the way people in the comments uh and watching leave some questions in the comments if you have any i i did come prepared but i'm more than willing to address any questions that you might have evelyn as well so if you have any questions about Anything we've been talking about, even if the topic has passed, we'd be more than happy to bring it back up or bring bring something new up if it's something that we haven't addressed yet. Um, but for now, I, I don't see anything else. So I, will, I want to go back kind of to the brand uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about how important it is to be yourself. What are some things that photographers can do to kind of help find themselves and kind of find their style as it is a photographer and a photography brand? Yeah, I think it's important to, you know, pay attention to, you know, things that actually make you come alive can or cannot be related to photography. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, for example, I love the beach. I love surfing. I love there's literally a surfboard right behind me. Um, I, I love getting outside. I love hiking. I love national parks. I love exploring. I love going, you know, down a random dirt road to just explore. And that's not even necessarily any of it related to my photography. And that's something I've loved for years. But I began to infuse that type of, you know, hobbies and passions into my photography by connecting to the more outdoor adventurous hiking you know let's get down and dirty and like jump into the ocean you know type of clients because that was something that was making myself my heart and my you know soul come alive and i was so passionate about that type of lifestyle and so i think it's important to think of you know who are you relating to like i had a good friend of mine in the photography industry a while back was very much in love with um, luxury, you know, Louis Vuitton, um, Gucci, you know, Chanel, like that type of lifestyle was something that she loved and, and was passionate about. And so she was relating to very luxury high end clients by sharing that love of those, you know, luxury high end brands and companies and so think through things that you might not even think like oh i love you know gucci that's not related to photography but it is related to connection um so find three things that you love you can even ask friends and family 
what are three things when you think of me, you think of like three activities, hobbies, items, you know, phrases. What do you think of when you think of me? And some people might be like, oh my gosh, you're coffee obsessed. Um, you know, that's something that you can even begin to share. I hate coffee. Um, so I share that and it's relatable to a lot of people. I love chai lattes. Um, that's my jam. I hate coffee. So I honestly share that and I build connection with people because not many people hate coffee. So we're kind of a rare breed. Um, but that's, you know, little things that you might not even have any connection to your photography are really powerful tools that you can begin to infuse into your brand. So think through, ask your friends questions. What do you think of when you think of me? They might think, uh, you know, coffee, um, Netflix, and, you know, something else, flowers. You love flowers. You can begin to share like that type of little things. Those little things build that connection with other people. So think about yourself, look into yourself. What do I love? What makes me come alive? What are my hobbies? What are my, you know, favorite foods, favorite, you know, activities that I can begin to infuse into my brand to really build that connection with other people. Okay. And in the, the message that keeps coming up is the fact that the, as as a professional photography business, it's as much about you, the person, as it is the professional with the camera taking the pictures. Um, so I see a question in the audience from Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Uh, and she wants to know if you have any recommendations for making uh, your first website. Is there a, a hosting platform recommendation you might have uh, or any other advice for making your first website? Yeah. So platforms... I personally love show it. That's what I use now. I think it's really, really powerful and really great. But if you're just getting started your first website, um, I think Squarespace is a really great one too. So Squarespace and show it are my two personal recommendations that I've worked with that I've seen a lot of, you know, success with both of them can have templates that come with them that you just plug in your own photos and, and customize your own, you know, copy and all of that stuff doesn't have to be super crazy. That's the that's the cool thing. Your first website can be something very simple. Um, as long as your photos and your copy are your own, the design is not the most critical part when you're designing your first website. So those are my two platform recommendations. They both have templates that you can utilize. And then trying to design and brand it yourself, just put your heart and soul into your website. Um, if you're struggling with how to write that copy that's very personal and branded, you know, voice record yourself saying what you want to say on like the about me or, you know, the pricing page or the booking page, you know, voice record yourself saying it out loud and then transcribe it down. Or if you type it out, make sure you actually say it out loud to make sure it feels natural coming out of your mouth. Cause you'll be surprised at like when you read through some of your copy, you might say something like, I cannot wait, you know, and like have it be like cannot like a full full word, which if you say that, that's great. But if you notice, you might read it and say, like, I can't stink and wait or like I can't freaking wait or something. And that's you go in and you adjust that. Make it what you would actually say. I can't freaking wait instead of I cannot wait. Um, so make it very personal. Those are just simple things. As long as your copy in your heart, you know, are able to be seen on that page. Don't freak out about the design and the layout right away you will be getting clients. You'll be able to earn that money to invest in a brand designer or a web designer who can really help you take it to the next level. My first two years as a photographer, I think two years, um, I had worked on a Squarespace template website that I built myself. Um, and I was up to, you know, $80,000 a year off of photography based on a website that I built myself. So 
you know, I am very grateful that I eventually went professional and hired somebody. It does make a big difference, but it's possible to build it on a website you build yourself. So don't put too much stress on yourself. Thank you for the question, Elizabeth. A wonderful question. Uh, I see another one uh, from Linda here from New York. Hello, Linda. The other coast now representing. Uh, she wants to know uh, what type of wall art uh, you choose to display and sell work to your clients. Yeah, great question. So I'm assuming this is much more studio based. Um, I personally do not have a photography studio. I do sell prints and work to my clients, but it is all online. So I use a, you know, an online gallery delivery site that has a built in, you know, album and print sale option with my clients. So when their gallery is delivered, it immediately shows them those photos plugged into a digital album or a digital print and shows them what it could look like if they print it out. So it, it does like their own, you know, their own sale without me having to do anything. I don't have a studio. Most of my clients are around the globe because I do do destination weddings. So there's not really a way I could show them physical prints um, in like a studio setting and like wall art and display anything that they might want to see. Um, the thing that I do do is I sometimes have an album that like a sample album that I've printed that I can take to, you know, a wedding or something and just show them what it could look like if we've already talked about it ahead of time. But for me, I don't want to walk up to a client who has not even considered a print and just shove an album in their face and be like, Hey, by the way, you might want to buy this from me, you know, down the road when I deliver your gallery in like a couple weeks or three weeks. Um, so I typically do it all virtually if that makes any sense. And I know that's a little untraditional, but, based in my niche and my market and my work, that's what works for me. Okay, another great question though, thank you, Linda. If anybody else has any questions, let us know. Otherwise, um, I've asked just about everything that I wanted to ask Evelyn for today. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, if no one else has any questions and thank you, Evelyn, for sharing your time with us today. It was such a wonderful chat. We will leave this up on our fan page. Uh, so feel free to check back in with this anytime you want to those listening, uh, now. And again, be sure to check out the outlets that Evelyn Grace has set up and supports. They are wonderful. Um, so thank you again, Evelyn, uh, and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me, Eugene. This was so much fun. Take care, everybody, and stay tuned to Enfoto Lab as we will have plenty of more wonderful content coming your way. Bye-bye now.